If you have a junior or senior in high school right now, I can only imagine what you're thinking. Your little baby is growing up and now you're having serious conversations about colleges and which one to apply to. If your intention is before the end of the summer to pack up the family and visit a bunch of colleges, do not make the college tour mistake that most kids make. This is Seven Figures, smart money strategies for women. I am Sandy Waters, and each week we have honest and open money conversations with financially savvy people, and we learn from them. What do they know that we should know? What mistakes did they make that we can avoid? The goal is to walk away with little nuggets of financial knowledge that's going to help you feel more comfortable and confident about your financial future. Thanks to our friends at Family First Credit Union, big supporters of the Seven Figures podcast, local financial products and services designed with you in mind to help you and your family save and spend smarter. So we're seeing it all over Facebook. So many moms are posting the bittersweet pictures of saying goodbye to their kids as they head off to college. And eventually we will all be there. If college is in the plan and you're starting the process, there is a right and wrong way to do it. We cash in with our expert this week, Jody Rosenshine-Atkin. She's been on the podcast with us before. She's an independent college admissions counselor. Her focus is helping families and teens identify best fit colleges. Thank you so much for coming back in with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. For a lot of parents and their kids who are starting this process, it feels overwhelming. And it shouldn't. I mean, I understand where it does because there are so many moving pieces. Yeah. You've got testing. You've got applications. You've got scholarships. You've got grants. You've got internships. You've got what are you looking for? You, Yeah. And and families get overwhelmed and the information available – there's information overload in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, oh, schools are, schools are recruiting my kid because he got an email from – no, they're not recruiting him. They're marketing <laughs> Um, and so sorting all of that out can be really overwhelming. Yeah. And I think, and you said it too, before we went on, you have to digest this in small segments Yes. in order to really understand what the next step should be. So you and don't this, make a mistake. Exactly. And the sooner you start the process, the easier that's going to be. If you don't start looking at schools and thinking about college until the beginning of a kid's senior year, you are compressed because those applications are going to be due sometime on or before January 15th. So when do you start thinking about it? I recommend that families start thinking about it sometime around the middle of their junior year, if not the beginning of their junior year. Okay. That gives you time to really explore, to digest, to take it slowly. Take the pressure out of this. It should be fun. It should be exploratory. It should be a journey. It's not a destination. It's, It's a time to learn what's important to you and your kid. Um, and then to figure out a way to get as much of that as you can. And now you work with families one-on-one and help them navigate this entire process and educate them on these little details. Exactly. So I will work with families in developing a list of potential colleges. I will work with families in terms of preparing them to take a college tour. I will work with them in terms of interpreting financial aid, in terms of um, helping the kid find his or her voice to write the essay, um, mm. helping them learn to do what I call leaving a footprint at a school so that you demonstrate interest and understanding, which will increase the likelihood of admission. I don't recall ever leaving a, quote, footprint when I went to visit SUNY Brockport. Right. I just said, 
okay, this sounds like it's in my budget. <laughs> and they accepted me. And here's here's where I'm going. Today, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. I know that when I applied to college back in the dark days, <laughs> I didn't see the University of Rochester. I come from Long Island, in case my voice doesn't give that away. Um, <laughs> and I didn't see the University of Rochester until my parents drove the seven and a half hours on the thruway and dropped me off with my trunk. So somewhere between trying to find the perfect environment and dropping me off with my trunk, I think there's a lot of distance that can be covered. I think it's important for kids to see where they're going. Um, Even if you don't tour it before you apply, you should certainly tour it before you sign. When you go on a college tour, you have to make sure, and we're going to reinforce what you said last time, the, the main message last time you were in, you got to select schools that are within your budget. Yes. Don't go looking at something you will never be able to afford. Do your FAFSA, do your um, net price calculator, and know that this will be in your ballpark. And the net price calculator, again, where can we You can find that on the college website. If you go to the little search bar at top and you just type in net price calculator, they have to show it to you. It is mandated. They have okay. to have one. And that is just a good feel of how much you're going to pay yes, to go to that college. It's a general okay. ballpark figure. Okay. So now, when we select the college, we're packing. And a lot of kids are going to be doing that this summer. Yeah. They're going to pack their bags and they're going to go and okay. check out the campus. So first thing is, if you can avoid going over the summer, don't go over the summer. Oh. Because oh. there's nobody there. How do you know if those people look like and sound like and act like people you want to go to college with if there's no students on campus. Oh. So I can't tell you how many schools I saw with my own children. Again, before I was in this business, we spent all summer traveling up and down the East Coast. But we didn't see a single student except for people who were working on campus as tour guides who by definition are not necessarily typical of the student body. So you can take a first look but be prepared to go back. If you're going to go over the summer. All right. Um, So, but when you go, what should you be looking for? You should be looking for what is the atmosphere on campus. And some kids come back and they say to me, it's like Cinderella's slipper. I went on campus and I went, I can, I can feel myself here. I can Mm -hmm. see myself here. My own children went on something that we very lovingly in our family refer to as the I'm not getting out of the car college tour where we took a week in Western Massachusetts, and every time we pulled up to one of the schools that was on the list, they would, from the back seat, they were twins, together would say, nope, we're not getting out of the car. <laughs> we literally didn't get out of the really? car. Really? Until okay. I thought my husband was going to snap the steering wheel <laughs> off the column because we had driven for hours and taken a week off from work, and nobody was getting out of that the car. Wait, by the way, that is a typical mom-dad moment. Like, mom is, okay, honeys, and dad's always the one to get angry, right? Well, he was very patient until the fourth, no thank right, you. Right. Then it was. Then it was, what am I doing? Um, so how do you avoid that? You make sure that you're looking at a school that's offering what you, what kinds of things you want to study, not necessarily your major, that's another discussion. Um, that it's in an environment you want to be in. Don't send a kid to Maine if they're really looking for something warmer than Rochester. It is not worth driving to Bowdoin, no matter how much Mm. your neighbor says it's a great place. If the kid doesn't want cold weather, it's not a good use of your time. Um, Make sure you register. You talk about leaving a footprint. You want to make sure that you register with 
the admissions department for your tour. It's not, oh, we're visiting Uncle Johnny and we're in Newport. Let's stop and and look at Salve Regina. Um, no, because they don't know you're coming, and so they don't know you've been there, so they don't know you're interested in them. Do they really check back with the students? Yes. That, okay. Oh, yes. You know how when you go on Amazon and you buy a pair of shoes, and all of a sudden the, everything in your news feed has a sidebar that's yeah. advertising the same kind of shoes you were looking at? For me, it's college runners. I see college runners over everything <laughs> on my Facebook and and on my Google, like they think I'm shopping for colleges because I kind of am all the time. Yeah. But they make a cookie. They follow you. Some schools keep track of how many times you visit the website and how much time you spend on that website. So, yeah, a little But if creepy. it's too much, if they notice that you're doing this too much, does it almost appear on their side of things, oh, wow, this student wants to get in so bad, let's not give them as much as far as merits or grants or whatever. I've not experienced that. Okay. I've heard people say that they fear that. I've not experienced that in my practice. Okay. You know, obviously, if you apply early decision, which is binding, single choice, I apply to you, you say yes, and I sign a document before I apply. If you take me, I will come. That's a binding agreement. So your financial aid package, will you won't be able to compare things. Okay. Is that even a smart way to do it? It can be because the admissions rates can be sometimes two to three times higher. Really? Early than regular. Mm-hmm. How much can you negotiate? It's not like used cars. The internet has kind of leveled that playing field. Okay. You can certainly go, you need to be comparing apples and apples. So if you have a financial aid package from Syracuse and a financial aid package from Binghamton, and Binghamton is offering you $10,000, and Syracuse is offering you $25,000, you can't say to Binghamton, Syracuse will give me twenty five because when you net that out, the cost at Syracuse is still higher. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Now, you can say to a school, I have comparable packages here. You can't do this when you're on early decision. Um, but if you're a regular decision candidate or an early action candidate, you can – take those financial aid packages and say, I've done the math, and the net cost of attending your school is $10,000 more, and he really wants to come to you, can we find a way to meet somewhere in the middle here? Um, and you can, you can have those conversations. Be prepared. Some schools will, will negotiate freely, and some schools will say the pockets are empty. Um, okay. But it doesn't, right. doesn't hurt to ask. Now, you will have a better case to be made if you are known to the school. Okay. So if you have visited, if you have reached out to the regional representative, if you have met that representative at a college fair, if you have met that representative when they come and do a visit at your high school, that's what I mean by leaving a footprint. Mm-hmm. You're leaving a trail of interest. So when they offer you money, they have a sense that you want to be part of that community. Okay. As opposed to somebody who checked another box on the common app. This is really like getting your first job. Yes. You got a network. Exactly right. Okay. That is a very good analogy. Very good analogy. And you got to reach out to as many people as you can within that college? Or when you say the regional representative? Most schools have a representative that's assigned to a region. Now, you don't want to reach out with questions that are like, do you offer a major in biology? <laughs> because that just says you have not done your homework. Ah, 
Okay. okay. You want to reach out. Don't waste people's time. These people are reading hundreds and hundreds of applications. They're on the road. Uh, my heart breaks for these people in the fall. But, and in the spring, they're locked in rooms reading applications. Um, you don't want to be somebody who wastes their time. You want to be somebody who presents as thoughtful and mindful and interested in their school and in a way that demonstrates interest and understanding. Some schools call it demonstrated interest. Some schools call it demonstrated understanding. Do you know what we do and how we do it and why we do it? And then if you can reach out with, I've been on the website, and they'll know that, and I can't find an answer to this question. For example, living and learning communities um, I see are offered. Do those extend into sophomore and junior year? That's a really reasonable question. What if you don't have any questions? What if you're going to visit the campus and you want to reach out to them? Can it simply be, I'm excited to visit your campus? I hope to run into you. Like, what here's, you- here's what you do. You need the first, the first pass is not an informed one. So you want to make an appointment through the admissions office so they know you're coming. Okay. So that they have a place for you on a tour. Okay. So that they, so you're going on a day when the school is open and tours are being offered because you could show up on a Saturday. Oh, we don't offer tours on Saturday in the okay. June. Okay. So you want to have an appointment. Then they have your contact information. And when you show up, they check you off on the list. So they made the appointment, organized, interested, showed up, organized, interested. And then you go away. And maybe after that visit, you think about, well, they were talking about these living and learning communities. I don't know. Do do those carry over to sophomore year? Mm -hmm. Then you do the research to find out who your rep is. And you say, I had a great time. I really loved the school. I've been thinking about it. And I have this question. Okay. So it's thoughtful. It's it's insightful. Okay. Is there anyone else on the campus? Do you try to network with some professors or? Professors don't generally sit on admissions committees. Okay. Um, If you're an athlete, you probably want to reach out to coaches um, if you're interested in that. In the world of Twitter and Instagram and social media, you know, Facebook, Mm -hmm. should you try to find that way as your way in? I think it's part of a comprehensive package. Because it's so comfortable to oh, yeah. the generation now to reach out to the coach of you yeah, know, the lacrosse and, team or the diving coach. Better make sure they know about you. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, they may be scouting you, but you may have gone under their radar. So there's no harm in that. But you mentioned social media, and so I'm going to put a little plug in here, and that is every kid on every social media account needs to look like Mother Teresa. There should mm-hmm. never be pictures of you with red solo cups. You should not be vamping and being provocative in your photographs in public social media. And the reason for that was explained to me really eloquently by an admissions rep who said, I have endowed scholarships. They have people's names attached to them. I may not have time to vet every applicant, but I promise you, if I am doing the Herbert Vanderbortel um, scholarship, I'm going to have to ensure that he and his heirs will never be embarrassed by the person who receives oh. that named scholarship. Okay. So that's a public image you're putting out there. Make sure it's one you're proud of. Okay. And how far back do they go? They're just going to do as much research gonna, as they can they're on They're going to make sure they're not embarrassed by you. If they're offering you a full-ride scholarship, 
You need to look like a person who is worthy of someone putting their name on your education. Kids, delete your account right now. <laughs> Start all over again. Well, <laughs> and it, that's also that's also not to say you shouldn't have one. If you talk in your essay about how passionate you are about horseback riding, goodness, I hope that I'm going to find a picture of you with a horse somewhere on your uh, website. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Make it reflect who you're going to present to them. You'd be surprised how many kids yeah. go, oh, I didn't think of it. Look, last year, Harvard rescinded 20 admissions because kids put misogynistic, racist, anti-Semitic, disgusting stuff on the Harvard-admitted Facebook page. And the school said, we're really sorry. We admitted you contingent on you completing high school as a person we would be proud to have at our school. And you're not. And that was after May 1st. Those kids had limited options. Now, how about grades? What if your senior year, you know, typically that's the senior coast. Yeah. Right. Don't do it. Okay. Do not do it. Every, you know, obviously if you go from a 98 to a 93, nobody's going to rescind your admission. If you go from a B to a C minus, people are going to look at that. And they have every right to say. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, more Is that a new thing? More now than it ever was? I think we're more aware of it now than we ever were. Again, social media puts yeah. it out there. Um, but I read all the time. There are some schools that are notorious for doing this. And professional groups are talking about it all the time. How do I motivate my students? And we all push the articles of yeah. make sure you read this because life can change if you don't keep up. They've admitted a student whose profile they admired. Make sure they still admire you when you have a cap and gown on. Wow. Okay. So now what weighs heavier uh, as a student, you encourage your kids to, you know, is it the academics? Is it the the not-for-profit things, the charity work that you do as a student? Is it, do they go back to elementary school? No. Where, okay. Nobody wants to hear what you did in fourth grade. Okay. Your application needed, <laughs> it's true. Like I have moms go, but he was like principal's award winner in seventh grade. Congratulations. But really, they're interested in your life when you started high school moving forward. So ninth, ninth through, through 12th. 12th. Right. What did you do during that time? Right. Okay. And what are they looking for? They're looking for students who are challenging themselves, but that doesn't mean everybody has to take all the APs in the world. They want to see that you're not coasting. If you're getting 98s in regular classes and you're not taking honors and you're not taking APs, the question is going to come up as to whether you are intellectually um, interesting, whether you, oh. yeah, it, it's not just, it's the highest grade in courses that are challenging. So what if it's a bunch of challenging courses, but you're not getting those A's, B pluses? Uh, that's that's the quintessential question. Is it better to get an A in a regular course yeah. or an, a B plus in, a, in an AP course. And the answer that is always given by the colleges is it's better to get the A in the AP course. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So th there needs to be some kind of a balance there. Okay. We need to balance kids' lives. I have seen parents who structure their children's lives so that everything they do is in the service of being admitted to the most competitive college possible. Hmm. Number one. The hardest place to get into is not the best place for you to go. It's simply not. If you don't have a sincere interest in what you're doing, 
and you've got like a 12-page resume, somebody's going to say, what does she really care about? We're not trying to create Fortune 500 CEOs. If you are truly passionate about music and you play the cello and you're nationally recognized and you, you know, travel the world with the RPYO, congratulations, that's something to showcase. On the same token, if you're a quieter kid and your proudest accomplishment is using YouTube videos, you taught yourself to play guitar, and, and now you do that, that is also an accomplishment. Oh, um, okay. Schools are not looking to build castles full of kings because not everybody can reign. Schools are looking to build communities. And what they're looking to see is what can Sandy add to the community that we're building here. Are you a tuba player is what I say to kids. Are you a unicorn? What makes you different? What will you bring to this community? If it's truly community service, I'm working with a young man now, and his passion is community service. And he's got lots and lots of those projects. And he's not king of the castle in any of them, but they build a picture of a caring kid who helps to form the backbone of his class. That's somebody that a college is going to be interested okay. in. It's okay. sincere. It's deep. It's long. And it really is just a good life lesson for all of us anyhow, just to be sincere and genuine. Exactly. Who you are. Exactly. That's you're not trying to put on this fake facade of a character. Because when you get there, you're not going to fit. You're not going to be uh, who they expected. Okay. You've created this persona. Um, doesn't work. All right. Again, thank you so much for all these nuggets of information when it comes to picking the right college. And you have to, first and foremost, make sure it's financially right for you. Yes. Please don't drown in debt. Please don't drown in debt. That's my mantra. Please don't drown in debt. It's a good mantra to follow. Jody Rosenshine, Atkin, Independent College Admissions Counselor. You can reach out to her and find out more about her at JodyRAtkin.com. We'll keep with the back-to-school theme for next week on the Seven Figures podcast, the back-to-school budget. Should you set a limit and how to figure out what that limit should be? It's the big debate in my house. I don't know about yours. We'll talk about that next week. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Seven Figures podcast and subscribing and telling a friend about it. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. 